Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Um, welcome. If you hear my, my air conditioning is in the background, so if it's too loud, you can let me know. Um, but it's crazy hot and I think people in Seattle, uh, handle heat differently because no one here has AC because it's like, Oh, it never gets that hot. But it's decided that the world has decided to get, um, the world has decided to get that hot. So here we are, uh, sweating to death. And um, my ex-wife luckily uh, nicely gave me a um, like like a window unit type thing. So, but it's really loud. But it's cooling. Um, last week I was like, or not last week, the week before I was like, why is it so hot? And then I realized that Milo, my son, had woken up in the morning and was cold and turned the heat up to ninety degrees. And so the heater's like right by me. And I was like, it's just, I wonder if I'm getting sick again. And um, nope, it was just that Milo had turned the heater up to 90 degrees. So that was pretty awesome. Um, Hey, I'm gonna grab a drink real quick and we'll get started. Enjoy my my wall. So um, I know Pete Rollins is having a party in LA tonight at some bar. If you're in the Los Angeles area, um, you should definitely avoid that. Uh, No, you should definitely go. So last week we had Pete Rollins, special guest, because I was in L.A. uh, for a day. Uh, We're working on this project, which I've talked about a little bit on here. I think this is the one place I'm allowed to talk about it a little bit more than other places. But... um, you know, working on a documentary about my folks and their lives and uh, kind of focus on my mom mostly, but um, in their history. And so flew out to L.A. Uh, to work on some stuff out there and then flew out to North Carolina. Um, so I thought last week we'd just have a little surprise and Pete helped me out. He knew I'd been really tired and overwhelmed. Um, so he gave, you know, we did like an interview last week. So I like being able to do stuff like that. That's kind of a surprise, you know, to have really cool special guests. That's really, uh, I thought Pete gave a great talk. He would not shut up about the importance of listening. Interesting. Um, and so today that's, I'm going to kind of piggyback off that a little bit and, um, and look at what's kind of the opposite of uh, of that, you know, I'm gonna turn the AC off just because I I have a feeling that Josh doing audio is this is gonna drive him crazy. All right, it's settling. <laughs> the monster air conditioning is settling. Um. So yeah, it, it's been been a wild week. Um, 
so working on this project with, um, you know, it's brought up a lot, a lot of my past. And, um, and so, you know, and so, and so, and so, <laughs> so my therapist is happy. Um, but yeah, so we went, we flew to North Carolina and, uh, just basically to kind of go through some of my mom's stuff and get some old photos and things and, and storage, um, after my mom passed, we have storage in North Carolina and went down there and then, um, a new friend of mine was like, Hey, listen, I, you know, I work at Heritage. If you'd like to just check out the old hotel and he's like, you know, I do some stuff over there and I was like, yeah, sure. And so I made a really quick phone video for you guys when I walked over there, but it was really wild. Um, so many emotions just going through my mom's stuff that I hadn't seen in like 15 years, you know, was one thing. And then going back to, uh, part of Heritage USA and how much it's changed. It's like all neighborhoods and stuff now. Like they literally tore down the water park and it's all neighborhoods, which is weird because the water park was like on an island. So it's, it's kind of really bizarre. Um, but the hotel, is Heritage Grand Hotel is still there. And then the hotel that was like 90 days away from being built in 1987 is still there probably. Um, and supposedly the structure is really great. So it's still 90 days away from being completed, uh, which is interesting. Um, I've never actually even been in it. I've never seen it. Um, but went into the Grand Hotel, and uh, that's where I played a lot as a kid. You know, ran all around and played Miami Vice. And, uh, yeah, it was wild to go back because sometimes I think my past seems like a dream, you know, because there's been so much life in between all that time. And so, you know, it's like kind of going back and, and, and finding out that, Oh yeah, this place did exist. You know, it did the, the stuff that really, really, all this stuff really did happen. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it was a lot, it was a lot to take in, a lot to be, uh, a lot to go back. Um, a lot of places I grew up, like my, the house I lived in burnt down and things like that. Um, but so it was really, uh, you know, it kind of opens up like, a thought process that connects back and, you know, back to that time that kind of has to go through, you know, all the years you've lived and, uh, opens up, I don't know, opens up a lot of different places. And I, I think ultimately it was healthy and it was good, you know, but it was still tough. Um, I'm glad to be a part of that stuff. You know, it was nice to, um, oh, there must be somebody who's a pastor here. Um, <laughs> I guess you're referring to me. Hello. Um, so anyhow, um, yeah, it is what it is. I'll stop going on about it, but I'm excited about this doc coming out next year and, uh, a lot of hard work. It was really great to have James, um, uh, James come in on the, uh, who's my nephew. He, 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 he did some of the camera work. Um, so that was really cool. Um, someone just asked where I got my glasses. Um, it was just a local eyeglass store. I don't, I don't even know what brand they are, to be honest with you. They're a bit bigger than I wanted, but I'd try to, I'd read it to you if I could. I don't know, that's the signature on the side, but I need my glasses to read anything that small. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um 
So, one of the things I was thinking about is, is, is you know, when Pete was talking, you know, as we've, we've been talking for a while about like arguing well and how do you argue well and, and what does that look like, but also the importance of um, listening well and, uh, and what that is, you know, and that's what Pete was talking about is how we have to be willing to listen and almost how we have to be um, willing to go into places uh, that are uh, where there is conflict. You know, he, he said, you know, part of what they would do with their, um, what was it, the Alpha course or something, or the Omega, I don't remember what it was called. But um, he said, you know, they would go into different people with different faiths and different ideas and sit down and let them talk in a way that almost they were going to be converted, you know. Um, and hear other people's side and also be able to see yourself through other people's eyes. Um, and often we're not, you know, willing to listen to the other and say, well, why do you think I'm crazy or why do you disagree with me? You know, let, let me understand. Make sense out of your argument, you know. But if you think about it, hearing others in that way is a lot better than being yelled at and screamed at where we all just get in fragments and we're waiting to be heard and, you know, waiting to defend ourselves or grasping our pearls or whatever people do nowadays. Um, you know, uh, defending, how dare you? You know, it's like, how do we sit down with our enemies and listen and maybe learn something about ourselves? And sometimes, how do we see ourselves through their lenses? I mean, think about, it's so strange because on my Facebook, I have a personal Facebook for like family, a few family and friends. And um, I said a long time ago. And um, I watch these, I watch the stories because I have such a diverse group of people <laughs> who follow me on Facebook. So I have all these, it's so funny, we lost like 15 people as soon as I said, you know, we sit down and listen to our enemies. Everybody's like, mm, click. <laughs> um, I've got something else to watch. Um, but we, 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 but I've got all these different people. So I've got all these like both sides, you know, right and left people. And it is just wild. To, I mean, basically if I had to like boil it down, I would be like, well, I would say both people on both positions have more faith in politics than their own religion or faith of choice. Um, but man, they just sit there and it's just like they burn each other with these, like, these, uh, uh, like, like, like they just go after each other in such awful ways with all these weird little memes. And sometimes I'll just take copy of the memes and send them to Pete, you know, just to show them like how crazy they are from both sides, you know, like roasting each, you know, roasting the other. And it's not even like it's focused at one person. Some really loud noise going on outside, but they 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 like focus. You know, they really like like burn each other pretty hard. Um, make fun of each other, talk about each other. You know, and, oh, well, wouldn't it be great if we got prayer back into schools? You know, that kind of stuff. Or I don't know. It, it's all you know. And then the other one, you'll have another opposite one. You know, um, about guns in school. But it's really wild to watch. watch kind of watch the conflict unfold and go like yeah no wonder we won't listen to each other because you know here we are in public mocking each other and mocking the other and mocking those we don't agree with 
you know, and comparing them to idiots and, and things like that. And it's like, so I think if we're going to spend all our time acting as though we have all the answers and that those who don't follow our answers are somehow idiots or morons or horrible, evil people, um, we're never going to be able to experience their side of humanity or what they went through. And when it's sad, because a lot of us have come from that background and, um, you know, I've always seen like a lot of like very conservative Christians, you know, well, I'm telling you because I love you. And I would be like, well, it's counterfeit love to me, you know, but, <laughs> but at the same time I'm going like, but they don't know it's counterfeit, you know? And so it becomes our job not to only listen, but in discussion to go like, well, this is why I think it's counterfeit. If you look at this and you see this and you hear where this is coming from, and this is why it doesn't feel like love to me. Um, and they can say, well, this is why I think it is love, you know? So anyway, just interesting. Um, I don't think, I think it's the road less traveled to have the conversations. Uh, the easy road is, you know, to find the snarkiest meme and, um, put it up. And that was with the snarkiest meme when the internet for the day. Um, and we go on, uh, divided, hurt and angry. Um, so what are enemies to listening? Because I was thinking if we're going to start looking forward to ways that we could listen better, not just argue well, but listen well, uh, I, I thought, well, let's start with what could be enemies of, of, of things that would lead us to that. Um, oh, weeds. I, saw some, some, I don't know. I, these comments just come up. I'm going to let you guys talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to do this talk. Sometimes I get too focused on the comments and, and, and then the people listening to the podcast have no clue <laughs> what I'm talking about. Um, enemies to listening. Um, so these are the first things I, I, I just wrote down. And this is a biblical look at it. Um, um, pride arrogance, and boasting. So we're, we're taking, obviously, we're taking a biblical look at it today. Um, we'll also probably bring in a little bit of philosophy and things like that. Um, and so, like, I like to almost make it clear. It's like, this is kind of an idea, like, if you've chosen Christianity to be an influence in your life or Christ to be an influence in your world and, and to kind of, that's the, road, your, your, the path you're trying to take. That's what we're talking about today. Um, you know, there are a ton of other options to do it, but this one is more of like, hey, you know, are you someone who's like saying, well, I think Jesus has some good ideas, or I think the Apostle Paul had some good ideas, and I kind of want to follow that. Um, there's some of that here um, as well. Um, I also think virtue signaling um, is, is, is something that, that, that keeps us from listening. And, uh, and the funny thing is I've often found like when we use virtue signaling as, as a judgmental tool is that often we'll, we'll project onto other people and, and accuse them of <laughs> virtue signaling. But I think when you start to accuse people of virtue signaling, then you, it's very important to shut your mouth and look at your own life for a second and go, 
which ways of my own life am I doing this? Um, you know, and, and, and you know, because it's so easy to project that onto other people, but you're really projecting the own, your own insecurities that you have within yourself. I mean, I think we often virtue signal is because we're, we're insecure and we want other people to know what we believe and think that we're good and we're not bad and we're insecure. So we, we, we put up these ideas of like, well, look, I'm inclusive and look, I have, uh, you know, all the flags on the top of the corner of my thing and, and I have all my things here and everything's set up here or, you know, I know what I believe, you know, whoever we're virtue signaling to. So it could be like, you know, work with Christians and be like, oh, I've got my, I've got my sword right here. I've got the, you know, whatever, you know, uh, my, my American flag pin, um, <laughs> uh, whatever it is we use to virtue signal to each other. Um, my bumper stickers, I've got the right bumper stickers on the back of the car. Um, the right candidates, uh, you know, but these are things that I, I, I feel like are, are almost like boasting, you know, bragging, that's the biblical word for bragging is, is boasting, you know, why do you boast? And, um, or even if you think of Proverbs 6, 16, 18, where it says, you know, pride become, pride comes before a fall. You know, so sometimes we, oh, well, look at what I've done and look who I am and look what I believe and, and you know, and, and, uh, and look what they believe. Mm, it's kind of sad, right? So, so we've got a lot of that going on in culture today. It just is what it is. And if you say the wrong thing, you do the wrong thing, you're out with this side, and then you may become a hero to that side. And it's really sad. And to me, honestly, I think we've just... It, it's almost pathetic the lack of nuance that we are allowed to have in today's culture and that we're not allowed to think differently and have different and, and let some of our ideas and thoughts to cross over. You know, that, that becomes an issue, you know, and then it becomes a loyalty issue to what side you're loyal to and what group you're loyal to. And uh, to me, it's like, you know, I, I need to stay true to my own convictions and I will love people the best I can. Um, but I don't want to take a loyalty oath to anyone, you know, um, not even Christianity. And I say that because it's like, what, because Christ, I say Christianity and everybody has a different idea of what that is, you know? So the word doesn't even hold to its own. I mean, think of how many denominations, if I just say this in every, you know, just in denominations alone, just in Christian settings, how many different meanings Christianity has, much less outside of the church. What Christianity means to most people is not positive, uh, you know, it's, it's something to, you know, uh, to either be feared or loathed. Um, so, so I, I just was like, you know, I, I think I'll explore the biblical text for some things that maybe support the idea of, of, of listening well and that how some of these, you know, some things get in the way of things. Uh, as well, but I'm actually funny thing is ironically I'm going to start with one that's uh, uh, in First Peter that's about actually responding well, um, and how we respond. Uh, hopefully that would happen after we've listened. Um, uh, where are you? There you are. It's in First uh, Peter three. Um, 1 Peter 3.15, and it says, um, 
But in your hearts, sanctify Christ as the Lord. Always be ready to make your defense to anyone who demands from you an accountant and accounting for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Keep your conscience clear so that when you are mangled, those who abuse you for your good conduct in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if suffering should be God's will, than to suffer for doing evil. For Christ also suffered. And here's the idea is like to me, like if you kind of really get into the text of the biblical text and, and the scholarship of, of real biblical scholarship, you're going to get people on both sides are going to be constantly pissed off, just constantly angry with you. Because <laughs> um, most Christians seem to not dive into deep dive into text. We seem to subscribe more to uh, theologies that have been set up for us than theologies that we will find through the text on our own. Um, I think that's changing and, and it has to change because these denominations are kind of all slowly dying. Um, and then on the other side, you're going to get people going like, well, why are you loving those people and why are you giving them the benefit of the doubt? Because if you're loving your enemies, you're also going to round realize that you're loving other people's enemies. And when you love other people's enemies, you're going to realize that you become their enemies really quick, even though you guys are probably cool and from the same school and maybe thinking the same thing. But then you go, oh, sorry, you can't like them. You can't support them. You can't listen to them because they say this thing that I don't like and it hurts me. And so, uh, you know, you're not allowed to do that. And that's how we play. It's very legalistic. It's a very rigid way of thinking. And, um, and realizing that, you know, I like nuance. What I liked about AA, about the 12-step program, I'm sorry, uh, the 12-step program, I'm not supposed to say alcohol anonymous, so some of you are going to send me letters, that's okay, is that the concept when you went into these 12-step programs and recovery was that you take what you can use and you leave the rest. And so I kind of have that ideal with when I listen to speakers, when I read books, when I, you know, whatever I, you know, when I watch movies and listen to music and, uh, you know, it's like if you have an album that you like and there's a bad song on it, you're not, you know, you don't listen to that bad song over and over again. You probably skip it. You know, back in the day we had to fast forward through it or you had to take the record and move the needle. We move the needle um, and or we skip. And so sometimes in, in these meetings you have to skip things because everybody, you know, is very different and unique and in and, and these recovery groups, everybody falls into recovery, which is really cool. Um, but you have to skip some of those things. But also you get like gold and gems from people that you would never hear. And they might say one thing that you're like, that's insane. And then the next thing you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to have that in my life because it's going to help me stay sober. It's going to help me stay alive. And I want to pass that on to other people. And, um, and so there's plenty of room for nuance in the 12-step program. And there's plenty of reason to say, uh, you know, divine editing and cherry picking and things like that. Matter of fact, it's encouraged. And I've done talks before where I said I believe Christ was a cherry picker, you know, biblical text. And I also believe that uh, the Apostle Paul was also a cherry picker, biblical text. And a lot of these guys were, I mean, that was kind of how it was done. So when you get accused of cherry picking, you can know that you're often in good company. Um... <laughs> it might be a slippery slope and make it for a harder conversation, but I think that's also why there's a narrow road and not the wide road. Um, 
And I'm not saying that you make the Bible say what you want to say, but, but, but Jesus seemed to be like, I'm going to skip the part about judgments here and talk about the parts of acceptance and love because this is the road we're going. And it's knowing the destination. And, and, and Christianity's the destination might not always be what we want it to be or what we think it should be. Um, so as you see here, it, it says, always be ready to, to make a defense to anyone who demands from you an account for the hope that is in you. Yet, do it with gentleness and reverence. Now, could you imagine if every time we were online and we were ready to give a defense and then we went, oh, dude, I have to do this with gentleness and reverence. So, okay, well, I can't use half the memes I have uh, or want to use, you know. And, oh, I could really say this one snarky thing that would really make them feel like crap and make me look good, but I'm not going to use that either. Like, imagine if that's how we decided to really live in this way that when we responded to people, it would be out of gentleness and reverence. Um, and sometimes that works. Also, uh, what I found too, I'm going to add this one as my own, strangely not in First Peter, it's comedy. Sometimes you can joke, make jokes. Um, you know, it's a fine line, but I think sometimes comedy disarms things as well. You know, disarms the conflict of, of, of where you're going. Um, you know, and realize that sometimes I think comedy exposes the, the humanity in the room, you know, that we're all imperfect human beings. And I, I think comedy is really important for that reason. Um, but yeah, so be, rever you know, be conscious is clear that, we, so it's saying like when you do this, that you don't come back and people go like, well, they're just angry and they're just defending their way and, they just tore me down. Like if you're going like, well, I'm going to give you an answer about my, what I believe and what I think. And part of that is loving my enemies and being kind to those who persecute me. Then you might want to have that in your repertoire when you're doing that. As, 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 even if someone's trying to set you up or prove you wrong, you know, you might want to have that grace and that love. And, that, and I know it's hard to do sometimes. Man. I get people who attack me all the time. Uh, one of the things they love to do, people love to do is, compare me to my parents one way or the other, like, oh, you're like your dad, or sometimes the compliment, oh, you're nothing like your dad, or stuff like, um, or, or stuff like, um, re most recently, yesterday, t just yesterday, someone was like telling me, well, I saw you do this, and, you know, would your mother have done that? You know, and it's like, <laughs> so, I mean, I guess it's good that I don't have to get, what would Jesus, would you, Jesus, would your Christ do that? I don't even have to go that far, I just go straight up to mom and dad. Oh, would you, you know, oh, you're, it's like your dad. Oh, you, would you be like your mom? Oh, would your mom, what would your mom think? And I'm going like, well, I mean, she's dead, you know, like, I don't know. She's gone, you know, but thanks for bringing that up, you know. Um, or, oh, your dad's a piece of work and I can't believe, you know, it's like. So usually when, when the argument starts to get into that area with my work, I start to go, well, they don't probably don't really have an argument left. Um, but the problem is, is sometimes I fall into the trap of getting angry and mad myself. And uh, it, it, I had one on Twitter where I just went full throttle. I just went full throttle for them. They were really going after my mom and putting up some nasty stuff. And they were, I thought, properly trained in, in uh, theology. So I thought, well, they've just opened the gates of hell. Let's all the demons walk through. Um, <laughs> You wanted it, you got it. But yeah, it's probably not the most graceful way to go about it. So, you know, we all have clay feet at times. Um, 
But what we're talking about is enemies to listening. Um, so if we listen well and we hear someone and they want to ask us, you know, the awareness thing is like, so be willing to listen well, but also be able to talk well and to explain where you're coming from and know where you're coming from. I think often we think we know where we're coming from. And then when we hear the words coming out of our mouth, we're like, oh, maybe, you know, we realize sometimes we need to sharpen areas in our own lives or, or, or look at things maybe a little bit differently, even in discussions. And I think that's the great thing about having discussions is not acting as though you've arrived to the to the perfect truth. Like, I have the perfect truth. And I think that's a lot of places. Christianity has made the mistakes in the past. Is, well, we think we have the perfect truth, but what am I, what am I, what am I filtering this through? What lens am I using to filter this through? You know, so it's like, yeah, I still subscribe to Christianity, but the Christianity that I subscribed to, um, let's see, 10 years ago is different than the Christianity I subscribe to today. The Christianity I subscribe to 20 years ago, like if you were to give me my first book, I could probably go through that and be like, well, I don't believe this anymore. And I don't think that anymore. Even with the reflection of my own childhood and my own, you know, because it was about my life. My first book was an autobiography. I'd probably be like, even after reflection and going through therapy and seeing psychoanalysis, maybe this, you know, isn't as true as I thought it was, you know. And because I've done some some reflection and I've looked back and I've, I've realized some things that were harder for me to realize then than they are now. Because growth happens. People evolve and people change. And so there's also realizing that that is part of the conversations that we're having is that we're all headed, you know, to death's door eventually, but we're all on a path of trying to grow and see things differently. And sometimes, you know, that argument you may be having with that person might be that moment that, you know, changes things. Or that argument they're having with you might be that moment that changes things for you and takes you into a new way of seeing things. Um, you know... But usually it's just people just kind of, you know, each other chipping away on different things and, and we grow together. And so disagreeing doesn't need to be, you know, end-all death match. It should be more of something, I think, to the point of um, this is growth. This is where growth happens. Um, but, you know. But I think having boundaries and arguments as well is, is good as well. I think personal attacks, it might be time to shut things down. And, and I've learned from my own point, it's good for me to just shut it down because if I go there, my ability to listen well and to show grace and have an argue well is, is out the window. And so it really goes against what I'm trying to do. Um, well, I've got a few verses and we got a, a little, I've already gone 30 minutes, so let's try to jump through it while we can. Um, Romans 12. Uh, where are you, Romans 12? There you are. Is that you? No, there you are. I'm going to jump down to uh, Romans 12, 16 is what I was going to talk about is where it says, um, live in harmony with one another and do not be haughty, haunty, <laughs> haughty, <laughs> Haughty, um, but associate with the lowly and do not claim to be wiser than you are. Now, why am, what is important about it? Live in harmony with one another. And I think that's often something that Christianity has forgotten about. And so we have right and left Christians and we judge the hell out of each other more than we're judging anyone outside the church. We're always become so focused that spiritual masturbation seems to be the way that the church lives at this point is just towards each other rather than outwardly. 
Um, and then, we, you know, we, it, it, when our outward works become tearing down other churches, and you know, it's like we—it's like we literally became the kingdom divided that, that, that Jesus was talking about. Um, uh, we've literally forgot. I mean, we don't even know how to agree to disagree with each other at this point. You know, it's really wild to see. And um, but. You know, and we don't, we, you know, we're not having tough conversations. We're just bad, good, bad, good, bad, good. You know, it's, a, it's, it's really simplistic way of doing things. It's like we're these corporations, like we're giant corporations and we're just wanting to, you know, virtue signal so you'll buy our products. Come to our church. You know, we don't like them, so you come to our church. We do like them, you come to our church. You know, we're good or we're bad or whatever. You know, and it's just like we're this and that, and it's it's a quick fix. If you like quick fixes, if you like capitalism, if you want to buy a product that changes your life, it's great. But if you want to put time into something and get to know yourself and to get to know others, then we have to do a different way. Then it's the quick fix doesn't work. You know the. Just, well, I'll just take pills and, and not deal with the trauma of my past. Um, it's really interesting. There was just a study that came out uh, that says that depression might not actually be chemicals in our brains, uh, but that it might actually be from the trauma of our childhood and that the chemicals might not be as dependent as we thought. You know? and, it, and it's not funny. It's kind of sad because you know, most of my life I've spent taking pills to help me with my depression and with my trauma. And, and there's nothing wrong with medication, I don't think, but... At the same time, I think sometimes we become over-dependent and not work through the issues, you know? So we're just kind of masking the issues. And I think that's often what, what we offer each other, even in the church and religious settings now, is just, well, we'll just help you mask it, you know? You just come over here, and then you can not like that side, and you, you, know, and you don't really have to deal with that stuff. And then you realize that you've just joined a church that's just as legalistic, but they're legalistic about the things you like to be legalistic about rather than the other side. And um, that's where we, we get caught up in repeating the same process over and over again. And well, then we leave the church, and then we join this group, and then we become legalistic towards people in church, just like we were when we were people outside of church, you know? And we just keep repeating this process over and over again until we start to realize, oh, I've got this process, I've got this, this thing that keeps happening over and over in my life, and I just quit, I just, just judge different people groups, you know, like, and that's what makes me feel better is like by having outs and me being in different people groups and eventually, you know, that, that turns within itself, you know, and that's hard. Um, so there you go. Um, no, I am on medication. Just, I saw somebody tap something about meds. I wasn't able to read it very fast because it goes up so fast now on these things, but I'm on medication, so I'm not judging anybody. I, if I don't take my medication at night, my brain goes really fuzzy and strange. Um, Romans. But let's look at all of Romans uh, here. Let's look at 9 through 21, if you will, and see where this goes. It's getting really warm in here, by the way. Um, Paul says, I'm a big Paulinian. I really like Paul. A lot of people don't like Paul, but I also think the pastoral epistles are forgeries and not true, which is First uh, Timothy, Second Timothy, and Titus. I, you know, and I believe people added and tried to change the structure of Paul. Um, I believe that from reading biblical historians, not just because I decided that that was a good idea. Um, and I, but it was a pleasant surprise. Um, 
But anyway, I, I wish we read more Paul. I, I, I think if progressives read more Paul, there would be more grace on the progressive side. And I think we could use that, uh, to be honest with you. Um, so here we go. Um, uh, Romans, uh, Romans 12, 9. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast what is good. Now, hate what is evil is not hate who is evil. <laughs> and that's the problem I think the church has, has gotten wrong is that we hate people and that's not what we're called to do. Um, you know, I hate war. I don't hate the people in the war. I understand why they're in the war. I understand how culture and society has built them into both sides thinking they're doing the right thing and that they're at God's side and that patriotism requires them no matter what side they're on to do this type of thing or they feel like maybe God's got them there and God's on their side. I understand those things, but I hate war. I hate people coming together and murdering each other over two powers that have manipulated us to believe that we're right and the other side is wrong enough to the point where we are going to kill each other. So I hate war. Boom, there you go. Um, love one another with mutual affection. Uh, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayers. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to the stranger. You hear this? This is good stuff. I, I like the numbers drop as soon as the good stuff starts coming. Um, You know, bless those who persecute you. Now, this is what he, Paul is actually quoting Jesus at this point. Bless those who persecute you. Did you hear that? It says, don't come up with a really good dig. It doesn't say create a really great meme. It doesn't say, you know, like, oh, get the, this people who persecute you can fuck off. You know, it's not saying that. <laughs> I wish it did sometimes. But it's saying, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. And I honestly think that's what we do so much on social media is that we just repay evil for evil and we don't really do it. We think we're doing God a job or we're complaining about what we think God wants. And all we're doing is we're just being really shitty to each other. You know? And, and to think like, well, I'm progressive, so I can't be shitty to anyone. Yo, oh, trust me, you, you guys, like, I'm, on the, I'm more on the left myself. I'm, you know, I've been a snowflake, and, and I probably am a snowflake, so I'm so left. I'm probably even, like, even more of a snowflake. But the fact is, is, like, we can be really shitty, you know? And I say that because I love the left. You know, I, 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 I'm a leftist, you know, uh, but I, I care about it. But, you know, and your Republicans can be, oh, God, you guys can be cruel, too. But you guys can really be really horrible to each other. And, and then uh, the thing with the left now, though, as I find, is that there's more inter, in, in, inter, in, internal struggles. And so we're even, like, we're becoming like the church and having all these different denominations on the left. So we have all these different types of left. And I guess the conservatives have different, different types of conservatives. But they seem to be able to agree to disagree more. And so they're more organized than the left. It's just like, oh, well, no, now you're not part of my left part. No, no, you're not part of my part. Oh, you're not. How dare you say you question the word woke? Or how dare you question the word this? Or how dare you question this word? I mean, we get semantical about it. Like, we are, like, hardcore. Like, boom, you're out. You know? I mean, it makes, it actually makes kind of the church I grew up in feel a little bit safer. I never thought that I would be a little bit more nervous about my progressive friends than I was with my conservative friends, but here I am. 
part of the left and more afraid of the left than I am of the conservatives, at least uh, personally. Um, but uh, when it becomes to bigger picture issues, uh, I, I think conservative politicians are just like, definitely making some bad choices, uh, very bad choices. That's why I'm not with their side either. So there you go. Um, do, do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take that, Take thought for what is noble in sight of all. If it is possible, so far all depends on your lives, perceivable all. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave room for the wrath of God. So let God take care of it. Give it to God. Put it in a God box. Write it down and put it in a box that says God on it. <laughs> uh. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. No, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, oh, guess what? Don't give them, give them salt water. Nope, it says give them something to drink. For by doing this, you will heap burning coals on their heads. So there you go. Kill them with kindness. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You know? Um, I don't know if those are the words I would use, like evil and good. But I would say, like, don't be overcome uh, with uh, those who attack you or disagree with you. Uh, not necessarily that they're evil or wrong, you know, but but don't let that stuff overcome you. Now, I would like to spend some more time on the, this Romans, but I wanted to jump into a couple other things. I wanted to go over to flip on over to Philippians. <laughs> Dad joke. And also um, uh, talk about Corinthians 13, one of my favorites for a second. So for time and for listening's sake, we're just going to do that. And for the fact that my kids are in the room being really good on their tablets. Fingers crossed. Hope I didn't speak too soon. Um, Ephesians, my dyslexic biblical scholar here. Philippians, um, Philippians 2, uh, 1 through one through 8. I'm going to talk about this for a second. Um, and I will say this is that like, and I like this. I used to love it when preachers would say this, like, you're not going to want to hear what I have to say right now. And everybody would be like, oh, hey man, preach it, preach it. You know? And so I'm going to say like, you don't want to hear what I'm about to say right now. Um, uh, this is not popular thinking of the time. I'm not going to win any popularity contests. I'm just holding the truth. Um, that's me being a little tongue in cheek there, but follow me, will you? Uh, Philippians 1-2. If there is, uh, if then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete by of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourself. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you who that was in Christ Jesus. Now, this is Paul. This is not, uh, not uh, in Timothy. And honestly, I don't feel like that is like at all the thinking of our time right now. Is that let each other look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you. Like we're not looking to unify Christianity anymore. I think we've all probably given up on that ideal, and now we realize that there probably has to be some sort of great reformation uh, to happen now. 
Um, but I still think like often that, that we're not, that we're often not looking, we are often focusing on our own interests. Um, and our own in and out, in our own, our own country clubs. You know, they used to say like the church acts like a country club. Now I think just everybody acts like they have a country club, you know, and it's like who's in and who's out, you know. Um, uh, and then the, like there's just smaller sects within the country clubs, you know. I've got the right country club and the left country club, and then in those country clubs you have sex and um, divisions. And, and I mean, it's everything that Paul says to fight against, everything that in, in Galatians that Paul's saying, like, you don't want divisions, you don't want these things, do not turn on each other, don't do these things. Like, Apostle Paul really encouraged us to, to unify and try to talk to each other and try to put our self-interests aside. Um, I think that's what, well, when I look at people like Dr. King, I think Dr. King was, did that because I think Dr. King cared just so much about the white community as he did the black community. He just realized like what the black community needed and what the white community needed uh, were, were, was to definitely be set free, but set free from two different things. We needed to be set free from white supremacy and, 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 and misguided thinking. Uh, misinformation, you know, and 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 the black community obviously needed to be set free from what was happening to because of our misguided thinking and our misguided, you know, our 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 our, our being victims of, of misinformation and being fearful of, of people who are different than us, you know. But Dr. King said, "I got to set everybody here needs to be set free. Everybody needs to be freed from this because we're destroying each other, and we've got to become together as as a community." And I, I was why Dr. King is one of my heroes, is because he he seemed to have a plan for everybody, you know. Even the enemies would eventually make it to the mountaintop. You know, we were going to be set. Our chains of of um, of inequality, our chains of judgment, our chains, our sins were going to be set free from those as well. Um. Let the same mind be in that that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of a God, did not regard equally with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form. He humbled himself to become obedient to the point of death, even death to the cross. And I think that's one of the things we have to realize is sometimes it's, that's where Christianity, that's sometimes where uh, it takes us is to the cross. Uh, that's where uh, when you look at people like Dr. King, who I just think is a saint in, in my world, and I know he wasn't perfect, but um, just one of the highest, biggest heroes I have. Um, you know, um, it took him to the assassin's bullet. I mean, these are horrific things uh, that happen when you try to, fight such ingrained prejudice and hurts and pains and misunderstandings. And when you try to love your enemies, you know, it, it scares them. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that above every name so that the name Jesus, every knee should bend. And it is pretty amazing how that, what Jesus has done in people's lives, even people who don't believe in Jesus and things there. But the point is, is what I'm trying to say is like, it's it, these verses are encouraging us to humble ourselves, not to be prideful, not to f 
fight with fists and words, but to fight with love and compassion and purpose. Um, um, you know, we're called to, to humble ourselves in these moments and to try to show compassion and uh, to have, hopefully have like, okay, well, this person might sound evil to me, but I don't, I, I think they're victims of, of bad information. You know, I, I don't know where they're coming from and it's hard for me to understand. So we're going to have to have a longer conversation here. Um, but if we bite and devour one another, as it talks about in, uh, Paul talks about in Romans, then, you know, we become consumed by one another and that's it. That's what happens. We're done. It kind of seems like that's kind of where we're going, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't have a lot of hope that these words are going to work because they're not very popular with people. This isn't the most popular podcast or talk. I'm not the most you know, popular communicator in the world um, because I don't think this is, is necessarily what people want to hear. You know, I'm grateful that there are some voices out there that are, that are trying to bring communities together that are being heard, though, and... Uh, and that's how I hope we who are listening will do that. Um, and what I wanted to mention about Corinthians 13 is that it says love, it's about love. And it says love never demands its own way. Matter of fact, it says it keeps no record of when it's been wronged. It's really heavy, man. And when we ignore, people want to ignore the Apostle Paul because of things that I don't even think the Apostle Paul actually said. that <laughs> someone else said in his name, but or because the Apostle Paul wasn't a perfect person and like, oh, I just listen to Jesus. But I honestly, I'll tell you, Jesus is amazing. You're gonna get a lot of good love, but if you wanna understand grace, you really have to go into Paul because Paul had to go like, oh, it's this is for everybody. And now I have to work with these people. Like he had to like, Jesus did not finish his work. Jesus just started it. And so then you see someone like Paul going and go like, oh, all these people wanna kill each other and what am I supposed to do? And they all want to kill me. Like the government definitely wants to kill me. They're putting me in prison and doing things like these. And then I got these communities who can't agree with each other. And so this is how we have to talk about it. Um, you know, and then we got first, like first Timothy, second Timothy and Titus, which I just think are complete garbage, to be honest with you. And if you ever want me to give you history behind that, um, you can try to DM me and I'll, I'll give you the best uh, scholarship I can find on it. Um, Anywho's. But it's Corinthians 13 says, you know, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And this is what we just don't act like we're called to anymore. We act like we're actually called to like a political party or a political movement or things like this. And it doesn't seem like, like Christianity thinks seems like an afterthought. Like I said, when I'm on my Facebook, it seems like the real gods are the political parties, you know, and the politicians, you know, the real gods are are these people or the hope for a new politician to come in. It doesn't seem like the, the hope is really in, in Christianity or in loving the neighbor or doing this. It's in like, well, what laws can I get changed? But the fact is, what if we have to live in an unjust world or an unjust society? And we do already, you know? So how do we live in that society and uh, be imitators of Christ or imitators of Paul or people like this and follow the, the, this, these ideals? What does that look like? And I think, Pete Rollins hit it really hard is that we've got to listen to these other folks because we're not only going to learn about ourselves when we listen to these other folks and see how other people see us, 
Um, but we're also going to learn how they think and what they're thinking about. And to be honest with you, if you spot wrong thinking, if you spot misinformation, you saw, you know, those are things that you can confront down the road in your work. And that's the type of thing I try to do is if I listen well, that even when I hear things I disagree, I don't have to hit it right now, but there might become a time to talk about that. Um, and Judah just died. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we have to, you know, do that type of thing. So, anyhow. Um, yeah. Another verse I always liked was is that all, you know, Paul talks about in the beginning of Galatians that God has no favorites, that no one's special. And Paul also talks about, you know, all sin, all fall short. You know, basically that we're all humans, we're all in this together. And no one is more special because they're white, um, but also no one's more special because they suffer more. You know, it's not Orientalism, as we've talked about. It's not any, we are all one. We all suffer, all fall short of God's standard, yet God in his gracious declares not guilty. And what we've come is it seems like we always just want to have a group that's more special. You know, we always want to have a group that's more uh, on a pedestal one way or the other. And um, when we actually go for real equality, it's gonna, it gets really messy when there's real equality. Um, so that's, um, really tough. Yeah. Uh, someone asked what, what, what did, uh, Jesus do about what happened to John the Baptist? I, I know he went away and wept and he cried when John the Baptist, his friend was killed, um, and went to be alone and his disciples needed him and he had to go back to work. So there's a human moment there. What happened when, you know, so what did Jesus do? Uh, he didn't get a bunch of swords and go get revenge, but he wept and uh, cried and mourned the loss of his friend. And I think when we lose loved ones, that's the best we can do. Um, all right, everybody. Well, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate it. And... Uh, hope you guys have a great week. Thanks for listening. I hope we can continue to uh, carry on uh, these ideals and this conversation of, of how do we argue well, how do we have tough discussions, and um, how do we listen well, and how do we love better? How do we love each other better? Um, something I struggle with constantly. So... Hey, if you like the work we're doing, um, you can go to revolutionchurch.com. One, you can follow us here. That would be great. Um, you can de you can also, um, uh, if you go to revolutionchurch.com, there's a donation button. You can donate there. It really helps us keep going. It really does. And we, I can't thank you enough. Um, you know, we aren't meeting the ends right now. So um, we're not reaching the ends at this point where we need to be. Um, but that's just honest. So we could use your help with that if we can, so we can continue this work and continue this stuff and hopefully get this work doing more, even more stuff. And, and you know, I'm going to try to do more videos of when I'm on the road and doing things like that. Um, so revolutionchurch.com, there's a donation button. It's at the top. We made it easy. But also, um, you know, oh, Jay, I don't have money. Well, tell people about our YouTube channel. And if they can subscribe to YouTube, uh, that would really help as well. It just helps when we have subscribers and keeps us in the 
the loop of things. And you can also put on your alerts. So a little bell will ring whenever I turn on the camera because sometimes I turn on the camera um, at different times. Like last week we did it a couple hours early. And then I also put up a video from me at Heritage last week. So you never know what's coming on the YouTube. So turn on your notifications and follow us and subscribe and ask your friends to subscribe. And that would be a really another way to help out our work and what we're doing. Have a great week, folks. And um, see you next week, if not before. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.